Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. UVA football is the softest bunch of cream puffs, bow tie wearing, brie cheese eating, NASCAR wearing wussies I've ever seen in my life. I'm going to punch people from UVA right in the neck. They wear suits to games. <laughs> That's absurd. Welcome back, everyone, to the Guys and Ties podcast. This is Dustin, and it is Sunday night at around 10, and I've just gotten back from the Final Four in Minneapolis. Rob is still there, so he's not going to be joining me tonight, but I wanted to give out a short pod so that we could recap the Auburn game. I don't know how much we're going to recap because it was a nut, it was a crazy game, really came down to the wire at the end, and I'm sure most everyone is not going to forget what happened, but we'll go over it really quickly. And then we are going to preview the championship game, which is tomorrow night, which is Monday it, and th- you, most of you will be listening to it on Monday, but it will be Monday at 9.20, and it will be on CBS. So that's going to be really exciting. But first, let's start off with the Auburn game, and uh, let me just start off with talking a little bit about the atmosphere at the Final Four. It was really cool to be there, and just all the UVA fans there were so awesome and welcoming. Uh, we had a lot of cool experiences there, and we were able to meet a lot of awesome people. I, I really enjoyed going, and I hope, I know this sounds funny, but I hope Virginia gets back there so I can go again because unfortunately I had to come back for work, but I wish that I could have stayed longer just because of the atmosphere and Minneapolis is a really cool city as well. So just being at the Final Four was awesome. So let's talk about the Auburn game really quickly. So it ended with a score of 63-62 to Virginia over Auburn. It came down the uh, last second call from the refs. Kyle Guy got fouled shooting a three. It was a good call. For all the controversy that has been going over this call, the defender landed in Kyle's landing zone, took out his legs. That's a definitely a right call. Even though it's a tough call to make on the last play, the defender clearly landed in his area. Now, there's also some other controversy regarding a travel call that was, that was not called on Ty Jerome. And honestly, there's been a lot of people saying, well, that should have been called. The Auburn should have the ball back. There's a couple different things that go into play there. And one is that the refs just, you know, they can't, I don't think they could have see, seen that. Uh, the ref that was closest was was facing, back, Ty's back was to him. And so if the ref is not going to be able to see that, that's a tough call to make. Uh, also, Ty was fouled on that. So the you can see the guy, the Auburn defender grabbing Ty's jersey. And then also during the whole game, there was a couple of missed calls that the refs did not make against DeAndre, who got hacked a couple times down low. And also Ty, um, when Ty, right before he got his fourth foul, Ty was egregiously fouled down low, should have gotten gotten the two foul shots, but instead did not and got his fourth foul on a frustration foul. So with that, I I don't know, maybe it bounces out, maybe it doesn't. In any case, it happened. 
And there's really no point in looking back at it because, you know, it happened and the refs made that decision to not make the call or maybe they didn't see the call. It's kind of hypocritical of me because I'm a Saints fan. You know, I've been complaining about the pass interference call for since the since the NFC Championship game. It all goes back to how you the things you could have done to win the game otherwise. And Auburn could have done some things to win the game. Virginia could have done some things to win the game, you know, with, with a with a bigger lead. But in the end, the four, both teams played 40 minutes. There were calls missed on both sides, and the refs do the best that they can. And so I, there's no point in bashing them for it or saying that Virginia doesn't deserve to be here because we do. And I think that's important to remember, is that we do deserve to be here. And in the Auburn game, there's a couple things I wanted to talk about. One is that Kyle is an incredible player. He's got, he's ice cold. And that, I mean, the stadium was super, super loud when he was shooting those free throws. I uh, I really did not think he was going to miss one at all. I, I always believed that he had the confidence that he had the ability to make all the free throws, even if he has missed some over the years. And you know, also Virginia was not shooting well from the free throw line leading up to that. They were three of nine. Kyle hit three in a row to make it uh, six of 12. But I think that it's just important in the moment that Kyle hit those free throws and he ended up leading us to a win. Uh, The other one I want to talk about was Ty. Ty played really well. He had 21 points. Uh, He was four of nine from three when really uh, a lot of other people did not shoot very well. Kyle was two of six and Kihei was one of one, but DeAndre didn't hit one, and Mamadi missed two that he took. So uh, a pretty good shoot. Uh, overall, it was worse than we usually do. You know, we only shot about 37% as a team, but hopefully on Monday we can get some of those shooters back. You know, DeAndre's been kind of a, a slump in terms of um, threes recently. Uh, DeAndre is someone else I want to talk about. He was seven of ten from the uh, from two, seven of eleven from the field overall. He missed both free throws that he attempted. He had five rebounds, two assists, two turnovers, two blocks, only one foul. Played thirty-seven minutes, and I thought DeAndre. I wanted more from DeAndre after the first half, and I tweeted that out and I said I need more from DeAndre. If he's going to be a lottery pick this summer, he needs to show me that he's got it. And I wasn't seeing the sort of takeover that, you know, a lottery pick should have. But when he came out in the second half, he scored three straight baskets, and they all fed it to him in the post. But after that, he kind of disappeared again. And I don't know if it was the sets that the players were running or if Tony was running other things for different players, but I really felt that Dre had a mismatch because Dre was taller than anyone else that who was guarding him. Uh, the, the tallest player that they played was really 6'7". Uh, or 6'11", but uh, he only played for 11 minutes. Uh, uh, I think that DeAndre had to mismatch whoever was guarding him, whether it was a smaller guard or whether it was a taller forward. I think that he was able to get around them, and he, and he showed that in the beginning of the second half, so I'm I'm not sure why they went away from that. Maybe he wasn't feeling it. Maybe they started to double-team him more. I don't know. But in any case, I wish that they had run some more stuff to get him open because he seemed to be able to really feast down low on those smaller guards. Um, I do want to talk about uh, our bench because our bench was basically non-existent uh, for this game as well as the Purdue game. Our bench only scored two points this game, and that was Braxton off of a really nice backdoor cut, and that was his only field goal attempt. Jack had a field goal attempt, but he missed it, and we only got 19 bench minutes, and our bench only had four defensive rebounds, one block, 
and three fouls between them. And only Braxton and Jack came off the bench. We didn't see any Jay tonight, uh, which, again, I thought that maybe Jay could have brought in uh, a spark in times, especially, you know, late in the game when we didn't have really anything to go to. But I do understand that Auburn had some really quick and athletic forwards that Jay might not have been able to handle. And I think that maybe that's why. Hopefully on Monday, Jay will get some run because I think he is a spark. But at this point, I'm not going to be surprised because Tony hasn't played him in two straight games. And the two most important games this season, Purdue and Auburn, Jay hasn't sniffed the floor at all. Uh, except, you know, for like a second against Purdue. So I think I- I'm not going to be surprised if he doesn't play. But I would like to see him get some run. I think that he creates a mismatch. And if the defenses are really tight, like I, I expect them to be tomorrow, and we'll get to that later, I think that Jay could really provide some different a difference in you know what we run. Um, one last one last note on the Auburn game is Mamadi Diakite. He only had two points, and this is uh, you know coming off a run where he was uh, scoring in double figures a lot this tournament. Really considered the tournament MVP for this team because he he's playing with a intensity that some other players haven't brought every single game, but he has. And he didn't bring it on the offensive end this time, but he did bring it on the defensive end. He had five defensive rebounds, and he also had five blocks. And I think that's really important. And only one well, only one foul as well. Uh, he was really key in, in stopping some of Auburn's you know, layups, and he also blocked the dunk attempt, which was amazing. Uh, Mamadi had a really good defensive game, and so I'm looking for him on Monday to really continue with that and maybe also find his offensive rhythm again I I think that I don't remember what his what his field goal was but I do remember his two threes and they were fine I'm I'm okay if he takes those threes he's shown that he can make those in game situations unfortunately he just missed both of them tonight and but he was wide open so if he's good if they're gonna leave him that wide open at the top of the key I think he should take them but I, I'm not. I'm okay with him taking those shots. Honestly, I think that it's totally fine for what for what we're running. Um, there's there's nothing else really to say about the Auburn game. I don't think other than that, it was a miracle that we won. And I, I think that's something that's not talked about enough is Kyle's three before his three free throws because that three was off balance. He had a hand in his face, and that really set gave us hope for even making it. To, to, to for him to hit those three free throws at the end because without that we're basically dead in the water. So I think him coming in clutch with six points in like what was it six seconds, seven seconds was incredible and really helped our team out. I know we've talked about how the, some people are going to put an asterisk next to this game, but I I don't think that this game takes away from what this team has been able to do and what we've done already. And honestly, I don't think we've played up to our potential. I think that this team can be even better than they are. We we honestly did not play to our best last night, and we didn't play our best versus Purdue. We haven't played our best all tournament. So hopefully, I'm hoping this comes true, is that we bring it all together one last game versus Texas Tech. And let's start talking about the Texas Tech game and what we're going to look for in that. So let's start off with a quick scouting report against Texas Tech and they really have one I mean they have one guy who probably hopefully everyone in the country should know of by now he is probably going to be a lottery pick his name is Jarrett Culver and he is a stud down low he is an offensive juggernaut he makes around 50% of his twos 
He hits around 31% of his threes, and he shoots 70% from the free throw line. But he gets to, um, he's able to get a lot of baskets. Um, mid-range, he's able to create his own shot. He's a matchup nightmare. He's 6'6", 195. I expect DeAndre to be on him. And Jarrett Culver is really their go-to guy. I, I wish that, I sometimes wish that DeAndre would was able to take over like Jarrett Culver does. But Jarrett Culver is able to take over the game for Texas Tech. And they go to him a lot, and they go to him in clutch situations. You know, if you think back to Saturday night, he hit that dagger three to really put away Michigan State. And so I think that if they're able to go to him, but it, but if we're able to shut him down, I think I really think DeAndre and even Braxton can come in and, and provide some some disruptions and make him uncomfortable. I think that we can do a really good job of shutting them down. Uh, another player that we should talk about is Matt Mooney. He went off last night against Michigan State uh, on Saturday night. He shoots around 39% from three, but he's been on a tear the last couple of games, and he's really stepped up his game. He's a 6'3", 200-pound senior. Um, he, he really only shoots threes, and he shoots a lot of threes, but he's he's also good at driving the ball. He shoots around 44% from two, and he shoots around 78% from the line. I, you know, you expect a shooter like him, someone who's known as a shooter, to be a little bit better at from the line, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, another player that I want to mention is Tariq Owens, number 11. He's 6'10", 205. He blocked a ton of shots in the game against Auburn. Uh, he was really impressed with me, and unfortunately, or sorry, against Michigan State. He, they were playing Michigan State. But unfortunately, he went down, and he, uh, I don't know if he hurt his knee or if he twisted his ankle or something, but... He, he did not play uh, up to his potential. He had three blocks in, in 22 minutes. He had seven points, and he was three of four from the field with four rebounds. He he alters shots a lot, too. He doesn't just you know block everything. He alters them as well. So if he's if he's not 100%, that, that's unfortunate for him. But but we, uh, as, a, as a, for Virginia, that would be much better because we'd be able to get to the basket a little bit more. He... He is really good at blocking shots, and so if you if he's not in the game, Texas Tech is going to have a hard time stopping our big guys, stopping our guys from driving to the basket. Um, the last guy I'm going to mention is David Morietti. He shoots around 46% from the three. That's 28th best in the country this season. He shoots 92% from the line, which is 5th best in the country. So this guy's a pure shooter. He's 6'2", 175 sophomore. He is not going to do much other than shoot the three, and he can get... I mean, he can get to the into the basket too. Shoots around fifty six percent from the uh, two point land, but other than that, he's not going to do much other than run around and shoot threes, come off screens, kind of like a Kyle guy situation. So those are really the four main guys that are going to do something for this team. Uh, Brandon Francois is the other starter, six five two fifteen, and he he's a banger. He's going to get rebounds. He's going to get putbacks. He he's good defensively as well. He's long. And he he knows how to play. He's, as a senior, he's he's ready for to win this game. So I think that this is a really this is gonna be a good game. And if you like defense, that's great. If you don't like defense, that's tough luck because this game is gonna be all about defense. These two teams are some of the best defensive teams in the country. Auburn has the best, or sorry, Texas Tech has the best defense this year. Uh, they rank number one on Kim Palm, and Virginia has the fifth best defense this year. 
on Kimpom. Now, fortunately, we have a better offense than Texas Tech. Our offense is ranked third. This is ranked 28th. So they're not nearly as efficient as we are on offense, but they can definitely take over a game as we saw last night on Saturday when they won. Now, the thing about Texas Tech is going to get most of their points from inside the paint. They they do not shoot a ton of threes, but what they are going to do is they're going to try and get inside. So they only shoot about 36% from the free from three-point line. They shoot about 52 point, uh, 53% from two and about 73% from the line. So, But they take way less threes than they do two. So for they only shoot about 35, 36% of their shots are from the three. So they don't take a lot of threes. And but when they do shoot them, they're they're pretty good. They're thirty seven percent. They're gonna get most of their points from inside, and they're gonna bang down low. They're a very physical team, so they're gonna hopefully not wear us down too much. I'm looking for Jack and Braxton to get a little bit more time this game, and maybe not so much Kihei this game. I know Kihei is a has been the difference maker throughout this tournament, and unfortunately Texas Tech plays pretty big except for. Uh, Moretti, Moretti 6'2", but everyone else is around, and Matt Mooney 6'3", but he's he's big, he's 6'3", 200. Uh, Jarrett Culver 6'6", Brandon Francois 6'5", and um, Tariq Owens is 6'10", as well. So they've got a lot of big players that they play, they've got a lot of physical players, and they're going to bang around, so maybe Braxton and Jack can get some more run uh, tomorrow. The other thing I'm going to look for is who is how we defend Jarrett Culver and Matt Mooney because those are going to be the two people who try and beat Virginia. Honestly, if we can stop them, I feel really good about our chances. I, I'm looking for Braxton and DeAndre to be on Jarrett Culver almost at all times. And I'm looking for maybe Kyle or Ty to just shat, maybe Kyle to shadow Mooney. Maybe Kihei can get on him as well, but I think Kihei, if he's in, is going to guard Moretti just because he's a little bit small and he matches up with his size really well. Other than that, I think that the the things to watch for this game are going to be defense and defense and defense and defense and how do we attack Texas Tech's defense. They play a similar style where they they, they don't allow their player, their opponents to shoot really well from the field, but they do it in a different way than the pack line. The pack line sucks you in and they try and they don't let you into the paint. They make you shoot over it. And if you can shoot over the pack line, you're probably going to win. But Texas Tech does it a little bit better. They can swarm. They're athletic. They play man-to-man defense, but it's not quite the pack line. They, They will double a lot of times down low. They might even triple or quadruple you if you're down low. So the Michigan State's bigs had all tough time passing out of these double teams and they were able to create a lot of turnovers over that the other thing about texas tech is they block a lot of shots they're fifth in the country in blocks and or block percentage per game and so what that means is that they're going to block shots they're going to get you to take shots and then they're just going to block them so it's tough to get buckets inside against texas tech i think if we can get kyle and ty even deandre and kihei to shoot over this Texas Tech defense, it's going to spread them out a little bit and open up some of those lanes a little bit too. It also is not going to hurt if Tariq Owens is not able to go full strength, um, which would be unfortunate for him and unfortunate for Texas Tech, but 
it only helps i and you know you never wish for someone to be hurt but i mean in all honesty if he's not playing it helps our team a lot more just because of his size and his ability to block and alter shots so with that i think there's not much else to talk about other than i'm really excited for this game i think that we have a really great chance to win this game and i think that we should win this game everything goes to plan now the thing about texas tech is that you know this is their first time here this is our first time here so emotions are going to be high i think the team that comes out and locks in the fastest is going to be able to get out to a lead and once one of these teams is out to a lead it's going to be really hard to catch back up just because of the defense the style and and how it's going to be slowed down just to a grind if i don't know what the over under is but if you're a betting man or betting woman, definitely take the under. This game is not going to be high scoring at all. It's going to be a grind fest. I expect a lot of fouls. Hopefully, we don't miss as many free throws as we did last time. Hopefully, we can get to the line. But, you know, there weren't a lot of fouls last night in either game either. So, you know, if the refs are going to let them play, then we're just going to have to play physical with them too. Our guys are not afraid to be physical, but I do think that Texas Tech has the advantage if we if they play physical. So, with that... That's all from me. I'm sorry that Rob was not able to be here. Still, He's still in Minneapolis. If you're in Minneapolis, definitely say hi to him. If you see him, he'd love that. And honestly, we will probably have another podcast out on Tuesday after the championship game on Monday with our reactions, our breakdown, um, some emotions as well probably. So with that, thanks for listening. This is the Guys and Ties podcast. This is Dustin signing off. And if you like what you hear, make sure to follow us on Twitter at Guys and Ties Pod. Make sure to follow us on Snapchat and I uh, Snapchat and Instagram, excuse me, at Guys and Ties Pod. Give us a follow on uh, iTunes. Give us a rating on iTunes while you're at it. And Podbean, if you like what you hear from me and Rob Elder. And we will see you guys on Tuesday. Go Who's beat Texas Tech.